0: tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass And if you don't like fishing You can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me and when I'm fishing, for country Coming up today, another tough question For the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hayes. But first... We hear from Doug Schultz out of the Walker Area Fisheries Office about the trout fisheries in their neck of the woods. We hear a lot about it in the Park Rapids area and Bemidji area. Walker Area also has a lot of great trout waters. Details are coming up. This is Vision Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. Well, today we'll get to talk once again with our friend Doug Schultz from the Walker Area Fisheries Office. He's a manager over there and... Uh, talking about a, a topic we probably haven't discussed before in your area and uh and it's about time we did and that is trout fishing um you know i, I guess when i talked to doug in uh, park rapids and even gary and bemidji every now and then we get on that topic but those lakes tend to be hidden away and uh very specialized and you've got a, you've got several of those in your neck of the woods too
1: yeah, we got a we got a total of five here in the Walker area. Well, I
0: know that you know the the lakes uh, in the Bemidji area that are that are trout friendly uh, tend to be very small but also very deep. Are we talking about similar type lakes in your area?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with 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 exception of one, all of them are under a hundred acres in size, uh, but they all support very nice uh, put and take trout, and uh, all of them are very popular. Um, you know Diamond Lake uh, here in the in the Chippewa National Forest. Actually, uh, the first three I'll talk about here are all off of the Woodtick Trail or close to it. Uh, Diamond Lake is probably our most popular one. Uh, that's uh, and all three of these are are southeast of, of Walker. It's 82 acres and located three miles off of C71 on the Woodtick Trail. Um, it uh, that one supports trout up to 20 inches. Uh, that lake gets stocked each fall with uh, 14,000 catchable-sized trout, and uh, that one has an excellent concrete ramp maintained by the Forest Service, and that that one can handle larger watercrafts. So if you got an 18 or 20-foot boat on a trailer, you know that's one you can get into pretty easy. Uh, TP Lake is 21 acres. That one's east of Diamond Lake, also off of the Woodtick Trail, uh, Forest Road 2108 to get to that one. Um, that one has an earthen access, uh, a little bit tougher to get into smaller you know watercraft. Uh, small boats and, and canoes are, are preferred. Uh, that one has uh, had trout up to 16 inches the last time we were in there. Wow, uh, So you know they're persistent for a couple of years, and, and it's a remote lake that is, as I mentioned, better best accessed with uh, small watercraft like a canoe, small boat or, or even an inflatable. Um, that one gets stocked uh, every spring with 900 catchable-sized trout. And then uh, Hazel Lake is 15 acres. That's located east of TP off of Forest Road 2850. So if you continue east on County Road 5, uh, you get to Forest Road 2850. You hang a left on that, and it'll take you right there. Uh, that one is also a remote setting. It um, has an earthen ramp uh, and, and, again, best access with a canoe or a small boat. Uh, That one had trout up to 17 inches the last time we were in it, and um, that one gets stocked each spring as well with 600 catchables. And then uh, Perch Lake, the last of this group of four small ones, is only 13 acres. That one's actually west of Bacchus and uh, had trout up to 18 inches the last time we were in there. Um, That lake is best accessed using, uh, you know, something that fits in the back of the truck, Uh, real steep, you know, almost an earthen trail going down to the water. Uh, and you can get there off of State Highway 87, uh, west of Bacchus. Uh, you got to go north on the Snowway 1, Snowmobile Trail. And, uh, you know, Diamond, Hazel, Perch, and TP. all four of those are designated trout lakes. So if you're going to fish on them, you have to have a valid trout stamp. And, um, you know, the use of live bait is prohibited on those lakes.
0: Okay. And by the way, yeah, you you buy your license... But then you also have to buy the trout stamp on top of it, correct?
1: Yep, the trout stamp is separate. If you plan on on, on fishing trout or harvesting trout, then you do need a trout stamp.
0: Now, there's a lot of different uh, different types of trout. Um, what do you stocking in your area?
1: These are all rainbow trout. Uh, uh, most of them, it's a mix of the Arley strain, which we get out of, out of Lanesboro, and the Kamloops strain, which uh, we've been getting those from the Spire Valley hatchery just east of us, but uh, these are all rainbows. And then, uh, you know, the other one uh, we have here in the work area is a new one. Uh, that's Long Lake, right uh, just north of Longville. Um, that one's a, a new two-story fishery we are attempting to develop. Uh, traditionally, that lake is supported pike, uh, you know, crappies, sunfish, bass, other species. Um, you know, we attempted walleye management out there for a long time. And it just didn't pan out um, we had introduced Cisco in that lake actually in the in the mid 1990s, and they really persisted well uh, as an alternative uh, alternate forage species for pike. So we thought, well, you know, it might be worth a shot for trout. Uh, you know, maybe uh, there's some expanded opportunity around here. So we uh, put trout in there for the first time in 2016, and uh, we have fish up to 20 inches present. Uh, we do stock that one twice a year, both spring and fall, for an annual uh, total of 20,000 fish. Uh, you know, about half of those are catchables right out of the truck. Um, Long Lake does have a very well developed access on the north shoreline, and Long is not designated as a trout lake again because it's a two-story, uh, two-story lake. So the use of live bait is allowed, but uh, if you plan on harvesting trout, you're going to still need a trout stand.
0: Talking trout in the Walker area. More with Doug Schultz coming up next. Some people fish, some people don't. Those people are clueless. This
2: is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
0: Doug Schultz from the Walker Area Fisheries Office, my guest, discussing trout in the Walker Area. And Doug, what do we mean by a two-story lake? I'm presuming warm that's... Water because. and cold water. Okay. And the cold water being the the uh, the deeper part of the lake where the yep. other fish aren't hanging out.
1: Yep. So cold water being the trout management, warm water being crappies, bass, panfish pike, stuff we're used to.
0: And uh, it seems like it's doing well?
1: Yeah. Uh, really, you know, we'll, we'll get in there uh, next year and, and uh, see how well they persisted. You know, so hearing, hearing reports of folk, folks catching them, which is what, that's what they're there for, so... You know, that's one we're hoping uh, takes off, and it provides you know some more opportunity in the work area.
0: Are these things that you came up with? Uh, I know there's a trout unlimited group around here. Do they work with you? Um, how does that all go work together?
1: Well, the diamond TP, hazel, and perch uh, those uh, those four very small ones uh, those have been uh, managed for trout since before I got here, and then uh, you know Long Lake was uh, one when we started looking at it. Uh, You know, again, walleye management hadn't worked, wondering if we could, you know, find something else that would be unique uh, for it. You know, rainbow trout came to mind, uh, so we thought we'd give it a shot.
0: Okay. Um, It's interesting because there's a lot of trout streams and lakes throughout the area and throughout the state, really, Um, but it's kind of forgotten by a lot of people. There is that, you know, like I say, that Trout Unlimited group and that, that passionate base, but... It's a, it's a fish a lot of people don't bother to try for And they really should
1: Yeah it, it's a lot of fun and you know around here We don't have in, in the Walker area anyway We don't have any cold water trout streams You know the closest we have is uh, You know either Park Rapids With the Strait River or uh, You know the upper end of the Necktie River Up in the Bemidji area so around here This is you know these, these small lakes and Ponds are, are you know Really the only opportunity we have to provide uh, Brainerd I think also has one cold Water stream as well so it's you know, it's pretty unique uh, to the area here, and, and again, provides additional opportunity. And you know, most of these uh, lakes have campsites on them. Uh, you know, uh, Diamond TP and Hazel—all, all those are within the Chippewa National Forest. So, and and you know, they're they're really popular for the folks that uh, get out there and, and do it.
0: What is the reason uh, for the the trout stamp? I know it brings additional uh, revenue in, uh, but is there just more? Does there more go into making a trout habitat?
1: It's actually dedicated funding for the trout program. Okay. So whether it's habitat projects on, you know, streams in the southeast or the northeast part of the state or, you know, the Strait River, for example, over in Park Rapids, or, uh, you know, whether it's supporting the cold water program, uh, which, you know, that's the trout that we're stocking into these lakes. uh, You know, it's dedicated funding for that
0: okay any tips for people who are listening saying hey i might want to try some trout fishing how do we catch trout
1: uh it's really a mixed bag you know uh some just put some corn on a hook soak that uh one of the better ways is to uh pull small uh semi buoyant crankbaits behind the boat uh you know trout are gonna they're able to use the entire water column so really uh you know half the battle is finding out where they're at but uh you know, and then there's uh, there's some folks that love to fly fish on them uh, in the summertime as well, so that's an option as well.
0: So basically, I, I go to the grocery store, I buy a can of corn, and I'm good to go?
1: You can be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always that simple, but uh, you know that's one option.
0: All right. Um, well, it's, it's good to know. I mean, we talk so much about, you know, walleyes, muskies, bass, et cetera, et cetera. At, the trout tends to get forgotten about in this area, and yet, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, so many waters that that have them in there
1: yeah and and, and you know the best part is really nice size trout at that, you know diamond fish up to twenty inches, you know long fish up to twenty inches, TP hazel fish and perch fish up to the high teens, you know really uh, high size quality on top of it
0: and if you're one of those adventuresome sorts that wants to you know get away from it all,, be at peace, be where it's quiet, where it's very natural. Those are the types of lakes that tend to have them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, particularly TP Hazel and Perch because they're a little tougher to get into. Again, Diamond with the you know the, the more well developed ramp. That one tends to see a lot more pressure. And then Long is sure. uh, you know again with uh, being a larger lake and more heavily developed. That one has you know obviously recreational traffic on it as well. But yeah, TP Hazel and Perch in particular, if you really want to get away, those are good, good great places to do that.
0: Trout well, trout is what we're talking about with Doug Schultz uh, out of the Walker Area Fisheries Office, talking about some of the uh, adv- places you can go to catch trout in his neck of the woods. Doug, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it was great. Thank you.
2: If you catch a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, and you're never going to see him again. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
3: was a marine biologist. Ask the aquatic
0: biologist. Time to ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Haefs, Yet another question coming over from Babaji State University. Andy, this is uh, one from your students. Uh, that they, they, uh, you, you allow them to ask some questions. And this is one that, you know, a lot of people may know the answer to. I didn't. Uh, Why is it that some fish have different colors at different times of the year?
2: Well, if it's hard to attract a female, sometimes color is required, right? So things like salmon, uh, the trouts, they definitely change colors at their breeding times. I mean, I can remember when I was shocking brook trout out in West Virginia or or sampling them. uh, During those fall periods when they were reproducing, they would turn a very beautiful color. And that, you know, is to try to encourage mating, Okay. So
0: a lot like birds in that
2: regard. Right. And it's just some birds can, you know, it's harder to lose feathers and regrow them, right? And also the other aspect that comes into play here is that when you change color, it also makes you more visible to a predator, right? So fish are pretty susceptible to getting consumed by a predator and therefore they don't typically stay bright colored all year round. They'll only do it during the breeding period when that the drive to get a mate is more important than predation. Okay. A bird that can fly and you know, the risk of predation is relatively lower, they can stay brightly colored all year round.
0: Right. right.
2: And that's right. the most important source of selection there is whether or not they can get a mate.
0: Okay. So um, there are, are there fish that actually change color to disguise themselves more?
2: I think a lot of fish have color patterns that are... Now, if you think of a rock bass and the shadowy type colors it has, that's designed to avoid predation, right? Uh, the bars on a muskie potentially could be to hide in the vegetation, so the the prey isn't even seeing it. So camouflage is at play in a large way in terms of evolution and natural selection.
0: But an actual dramatic change for a specific time period is really all about breeding.
2: Mostly. I'm sure there are some fish that, you know, can change color on a dime to camouflage themselves very quickly, but I'm just not aware off the top of my head of that. But the predation and the the reproduction, those are two big factors affecting the color fish.
0: So I'm sure that human species looks, and I'm sure my spouse would like it if I would try that hard (laughs) to be attractive. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to get into that with (laughs) you. (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh you're looking good over there what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> well, thank you thank you very much
0: all right so so basically most fish then when you would see a dramatic change uh, they don't they i mean they do ch- you know different fish at different times but most fish it's in it's in the spring right uh yeah
2: i mean around here a lot of the fish are reproduced in the spring but there's differences i mean white fish spawn at a different time right and you know the trouts they they vary. Rainbow trout is in the spring and brook trout is in the fall. So there's some differences.
0: Okay. So if we, but if they look different color than uh, than they normally do, we might know it's it's, yeah, it's right. breeding time.
2: And it, next time you're out there on the lake too, look for the smaller fish. A lot of those change very brightly colored, like uh, a darter, which is in the family of a walleye, but it only gets to the size of your finger. Right? Those turn extremely brightly colored when they're reproducing, and a lot of the minnows do as well. That's why they're called like redside dace and things like that, right? Okay. Uh, and they turn very brightly colored during those time periods.
0: So now you know. Doctor Andrew Hayes from Bemidji State University, our aquatic biologist, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Now we go by the country.
3: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged in with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I one hundred percent agree with OSU making it in over Bama.